Now that you all have finished confirmation, you're too old to come up for the children's message. So I'm going to have to invite all of the children who are home to move a little closer to your screens for a special moment together. What we have just heard is part of a letter, a letter that was written by a man named Paul to people in a church in Rome. I love getting letters. And so this is what I imagine the letter looked like. Paul wrote his letter, put it in an envelope, and gave it to someone to run to Rome and send this letter to the church. And it's a long letter, and Paul talks about all sorts of different things. But at the heart of his letter, this is what Paul wants the church in Rome to know. God loves you. And that part that Samuel just read for us says it more beautifully than almost anywhere else I've ever heard it in all the world. There is nothing that will ever separate you from God's love. No matter what you do, no matter what happens in our world or happens in our lives, no matter what, God will never stop loving you. And that is the best news of all. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for the letter that Paul wrote 2,000 years ago that we still get to read today. We thank you for the simple message that all of us can understand. There's nothing we can do that will make you love us any less or any more than you already do. You love us completely and fully, and nothing will ever change that. Thank you so much, God, for loving us. And help us to be letters to the world, sharing that same message of your love to everybody. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I may need to go put this letter in the mailbox and mail it to somebody who needs to hear it. Well, if you've been worshiping with us this summer through the website, through um, the live stream, you know that we've been doing a sermon series called Family Matters. We've been making our way slowly through the book of Genesis and hearing all about this special family that God called for a special purpose. It started with Abraham. God called Abraham and Sarah And then God called their son Isaac and his wife Rebecca, and they had Jacob and Esau, and God was shaping a people for God's purposes, to show the world who God is. But we have to admit, if we've been reading along with these stories this summer, that some of them are a little hard to read. We've been reading a lot about dysfunctional families and people who don't behave very well and people who don't treat each other very well and how God works through them anyway. They're all stories that point to God's goodness and God's power, but it's been a little heavy lately reading about how all of these different people misbehaved in different ways. And so the story that we were going to be working with this morning was a particularly difficult one where tricky Uncle Laban gets brought into the scene and there's all this stuff that goes on which I would encourage you to go home and read on your own because any scripture has things to teach us about God and about ourselves. But 
doggone it, it's Confirmation Sunday, and I didn't want to do that to you guys. <laughs> After all the time that you have put in to this journey of confirmation, being here every Sunday morning in Sunday school and learning and studying together and the service that you've done out in the community together, the things you've experienced on retreats and visiting other faith traditions, and then to have that confirmation postponed because of the coronavirus, having a lot of things in life postponed, I thought that today there might be a different word for you, that we might need to set aside tricky Uncle Laban and Jacob and Leah and Rachel and that whole story so that we could hear one of the great treasures in all of Scripture. I have certain Bible verses, certain parables, certain psalms that I go to again and again in my life when I need to hear a special word from God. It's like this little treasure box that I have, and sometimes I go to Psalm 139. Sometimes it's Psalm 121. Sometimes it's the Sermon on the Mount, or one of Jesus' parables, the prodigal son in Luke 15. But one of my greatest treasures in all of Scripture that I return to again and again and again is the eighth chapter of Romans. It is a gift that keeps on giving. So as all of you continue on your faith journey, and as all of us who are worshiping together are continuing on our own faith journey, I invite us all this morning to open up this box of treasures and to see what Paul has to say to us. I mean, there are so many verses that are familiar to us, so many beautiful treasures that we can hold on to in the words that Samuel just read. And he didn't even read the whole chapter. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. If God is for us, who is against us? And then perhaps the most reassuring of all, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I offer this to you today as a gift to take with you on your journey. And the little treasure that I want to examine a little more deeply to help open this up for all of us is that one word that you spent some time with in confirmation and that many of us may have learned about and heard about in confirmation and other times, but we might need a refresher course on it. And the word is justified. Paul says to the church in Rome that you have been justified by God. That sounds like a big theological word, but the word justified means to be made right. You know, when you take a, a paragraph on your computer and you hit justified, the margins, that it makes it so the margins are straight and perfect. It makes it right. And Paul is saying that God has made everything right between us. 
We human beings turn away from God. We fail to love as God loves us. We fail to love other people. We confess every Sunday when we gather for worship. We have a prayer of confession that from one angle or another, we admit to God how we have fallen short. But God has already forgiven us and already made everything right between us by coming to be one of us in Jesus, by living alongside of us the perfect life, by even dying our death and being raised again, God has experienced everything we human beings could possibly experience and has redeemed it for us. So God has said to us, you are already beloved, you are already forgiven, you are already mine, all is right between us. That's what it means to be justified. Now, one of the things that our confirmands learned in confirmation, and that many of us learned from John Wesley, the great founder of the Methodist movement, is that there are different movements of grace that we receive from God. Now, I'm not going to quiz you all on this, so don't worry. But the first movement that John, John Wesley talks about is prevenient grace, this grace that it goes before us even as we're born into the world. We are loved by God. We're surrounded by God's grace and love, and God's Spirit is leading us closer and closer to God, drawing us in. Then we are justified by, by God's justifying grace given to us through Jesus Christ, and we are made right with God. But then there's a third movement of grace that John Wesley talks about, and that is sanctifying grace. That grace that works in us throughout our lives, that we cooperate with through prayer and scripture and worship and serving and being among and with the poor and the marginalized and all of those ways that God shapes us more into God's likeness and deepens us in love with God and with our neighbor. So hold that in your mind as we get back to this letter of Paul to the Romans. He announces in many different ways that God's given us an unbreakable vow. That God has made a promise to us that God will never forsake. And that is that we belong to God. We are beloved by God. We are made right by God. And nothing we can ever do will separate us from God's love. And that's all God's doing. It's not because we deserve it. It's not because we have proved ourselves and we earn it by all the good things we do. It's already true. It's already there. And our job is to believe it's true. To accept that it's true. And that's part of what you do when you're confirmed. In a minute, you're going to say, I confess Jesus Christ as my Savior. I accept what God has done for me. I believe that God really does love me unconditionally and always will, and nothing will ever change that. You'll say it today. But if you're like me, and maybe some of the other grown-ups in the room, and maybe some of you other grown-ups who are worshiping with us, it's something we have to say and learn and remember and reaffirm over and over and over again. It's easy for us to fall into these patterns where we forget that we are beloved, 
or we start trying to prove ourselves to God and others where we feel broken and unworthy. And so we have to be reminded again and again and again that nothing will ever separate us from God's love. That's one reason I love my job so much. And I hope that maybe one of you, maybe more than one of you, will feel a call into this kind of ministry in the future. Because I get to proclaim on Sunday mornings and in conversations with people, I get to remind you that you are God's beloved, you always have been, and you always will be. And I also have to do that work every day to believe it and trust it for myself. That's part of what church is about. That's part of our calling in life, is to remind each other of how beautifully beloved we are. So our first response and our ongoing response is to accept it and believe it. And then to allow ourselves to be changed and transformed by that unconditional love so that we go out into the world as a letter from God announcing to the world, God loves you. God has already forgiven and received and accepted you. There's a verse in this letter where Paul says, all of creation is waiting and groaning for the children of God to be revealed. Our world is deeply in need of people who know their own belovedness, of people who are grounded in the love and mercy and compassion and grace of God. So much so that they can go out into the world and set people free and remind them of their belovedness and be kind and compassionate and be that letter from God that says simply, God loves you. So for those who are being confirmed, I cannot wait to see how God works through you to spread that good news in the world. And to all of us who are worshiping today, a reminder that I hope you receive each and every Sunday, each and every time you open the scriptures, God loves you. And there's nothing that will ever change that. May all of us hear the invitation to receive that love and let it change us. That we might be that love for our world. Amen.